What's up, you guys? Welcome back to the Down to the Wire podcast. I'm your host, Brian Costa. And today we have a very special episode for you guys. Uh, you know, for anyone who follows the show, you'll know that I like to, you know, obviously report on the sports that happen throughout the week. But I also like to do I also like to switch things up here and there. And I like to interview athletes, uh, you know, from all sports. Uh, you know, most recently on the show, you probably said you probably saw me interview athletes such as Adam Alita and Michael Green the third, some you know former and current Bryant basketball players. But today I actually have a really special episode for you guys as I'm going to be interviewing uh you know a personal friend of mine and actually a and actually an a track athlete and more and specifically a uh, a shot put thrower. Uh so without any further ado, welcome into the show Curtis Rochelo. Curtis, how are we doing today, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, man. Dude, I am glad to have you on the show. It is I, I I've been in talks with you about this for I'd say some time now. Yeah, uh, it's been. I was a little hesitant at first, especially with the current situation that I'm in, as you, you know that I've talked to you about and all that. But I'm I'm happy I'm making the decision. I like it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and obviously, I, w- I will talk about that current situation later on in the show. But I also wanted to bring you on to talk about, you know, your journey as an athlete, you know, go to becoming a Division One athlete. So uh, why don't you kind of like, why don't you kind of explain to people at home, like, you know, obviously, like where where you're from, what what you're doing, you know, specifically, and I'll like I'll let you take the floor. Uh, so I'm from Little Whitensville, Massachusetts. So I school choice to Sutton. To that's where Brian and I met doing yeah. track and field. Um, and uh i originally i originally started off playing golf and that was my main sport i was like gung-ho wanting to play that in college and everything but it just didn't come together in competition and i just like couldn't do it it was very tough on me mentally and dealt with a lot of mental health issues and then junior year i had like a lucky break and threw a mark that allowed me to get into the state meet where i ended up meeting the top thrower in the state and he's like hey man uh, you have potential. Why don't you come train with me at this coach? And uh, he can take you to the next level. And I was like, you know what? Let's do it. I really have nothing going on in my life. So I don't have anything to lose at this point. And that's where it all started. It, I started training with the guy up in Maine um, in March, early March. And he ended up taking me to the next state meet in outdoors, throwing a further mark of 43 feet, something like that, which was impressive to me at the time. I thought I was hot, hot shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel you. I feel um, but it was a reality check because going into the state meet, I ended up placing like fifth in shot and I didn't even get into finals for disc, I want to say. Yeah, I might have, but I don't remember. It was so long ago. Yeah. And, and obviously, and obviously, you know, maybe, maybe many of our fans, you know, may not be, may not be as uh, equipped with track and field. So, you know, you know, I know me, I know for me personally, you know, for anyone who doesn't know, I actually ran track in high school and I, and we, and me and Curtis, as he, as he just mentioned, we were on the same track and field team and, you know, we were able to have some pretty solid, some pretty great memories through there. I hung up a bunch of the championship shirts because our school back in high school absolutely ran our local conference and we were just on top of the world. Uh, but you know, but, you know, kind of, you know, I, I know that you kind of came over from some other schools where you where you maybe have done track in the past. But, you know, what kind of got you really interested into track and maybe uh, maybe throwing specifically? Was there was there kind of an aspect of maybe training for some other sports like golf or was it more just uh, or did someone or was it like a friend or someone who really got you into it? So I went to the same school as my sister where she graduated. I went to St. Peter Marion in Worcester and um, 
I wasn't really doing anything in the winter. So my sister was like, hey, why don't you do track? It'll help keep you active and you'll have fun. You can make some new friends. And I was like, sure. Why the hell not? And uh, I took it. I, I started doing it. And then I had uh, some issues with my knees, um, mm. basically really bad growing pains. As you know, I complained about that. A oh, lot. I, I know you complained about it a lot. <laughs> so I took up throwing because like. I didn't have to do as much running for that mm -hmm. and all i had to do was a 50 at my school so i was like yeah i'm just gonna do that and i ended up loving it and wasn't good at it but it was fun to do and i was staying in somewhat decent shape mm -hmm. so yeah i know for me personally it was a very similar kind of situation i know my uh i know one of my better friends at the time john warren i still i still talk to him through this day i still have him on the show uh you know he was he, he ended up going to a different high school but in eighth grade or so he approached me and, and he said hey man you know we got a baseball season coming up even though it's like like it's a town season's not jv or anything like that you want to get in shape for it and you want to do some stuff like let's go let's join the track team let's do that stuff and i was like i was like well how far do i need to run like and he goes minimum 50 meters i was like i'm in <laughs> yeah i was exactly. like i was like perfect if i can sprint i'm good <laughs> exactly that's because i had because i had absolutely no long distance stamina i mean you know way back when you told me to run a mile like you know as a race kind of a mile i was i was dying i was gassed i could not do yeah. it I, it was awful i mean it was actually really bad i remember i remember one year i tried to go on like a distance kind of workout and i mean I, I i thought i was gonna pass out i thought i was gonna die on the middle of the road yeah i i know that feeling um i used to run cross country in middle school and i wasn't bad at it and then like the knee problem started and i just stopped running and i got fat so um my sister was like do track it'll help you lose weight and you'll get in shape and i was like oh yeah for sure let's do that that oh, sounds yeah. sick yeah no because i mean for i think for many people I mean, you know, track is something that, you know, it's not like, I don't think many people, you know, grow like wake up and maybe like some, maybe like the sons of like, you know, former, like, like Olympians, like will be like, I want to be a track athlete. But when you, but like when you're growing up, it's like, oh, I want to be this baseball player. I want to be this football player, or I want to be this golfer or something like right. that. And that's kind of how you grow up. And then, you know, track kind of for me was when I first did it was, was more of like a training regimen. And like, as you were kind of saying too, yeah. but then, you know, over time I kind of did develop a love for it where, where, you know, my freshman year of high school my dad my dad said to me hey brian do you want to like travel for the basketball team i was like no i want to do track i really like what i'm doing yeah here. i really want to do this and it become and it became really something that i that i enjoyed now with something like throwing that i didn't really i don't believe got into throwing you know at least until like halfway through my sophomore year and it was actually kind of you know ironically maybe when i met you when you i feel like you probably coached yeah, me into it at some yeah, point probably you probably you probably just said brian let's throw i was like I was like, oh boy, this will be fun. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this will be really interesting, Curtis. You sure you really want me to do this? And you're like, yeah, let's do it. But, uh, but you know, uh, you know, obviously you did like, obviously you did something like some sprints and stuff and stuff like that. When did throwing kind of, you know, come to the equation for you? Did it come in like that first couple of years or did it, or did it take some time before you realized that that was something that you wanted to explore? Uh, it, it took me until I broke 40 feet. Really? The junior year. I got my first college letter saying, Hey, we're interested in you. I was like, really? Oh, wow first time for everything so <laughs> i was like maybe uh maybe this is my sport and mm -hmm. that's where it kind of like took over i'd yeah. always like you said i had a love for it and because it's like a family like oh yeah it's no. a giant family you go to practice you hang out with your buddies and yeah and for like it's those a good time yeah and for those couple months through like i'd say like you know basically the monday after thanksgiving is when we all started through 
you know, good portion of February, that's like that, that those were like your guys. And that's yeah. who you hung out with. And it was like, that was kind of like the close knit group that you hung out every day with after school. That's where you were. Yeah. And it was probably the most fun because like I didn't do anything during the winter. So get having that thing to do after school. Cause for me, sports were a big outlet to help me like stay focused in school. It, yeah. it, it made me want to be there. Yeah. So having that there, like, oh, I have track practice after school. It got me through the day. So, yeah, that was always something with me. I, I mean, I don't know if I don't know if you had this. Actually, well, you kind of did all you, uh, you did like all three sports uh, seasons for me. I didn't do a fall sport ever. Mm-hmm. And that fall sports season was always the longest part of the school year. <laughs> yeah. I was always just itching to get to Thanksgiving. I was like, let's get to Thanksgiving. Let's get to Thanksgiving. Then it's track and then it's baseball and we're rolling. And that part of the school year for me always flew by. But those first couple months until I could get on, until I could get uh, into track, it always was a drag to me. And it always just like, it always felt like such a lull because I tried to do some fall ball, try to do some stuff here and there with baseball, yeah. but you know, it just never really hit the same. And like, you know, even that month when fall ball would end and like until until track would start, that was like just a such a drag. And it always felt like so long. It was like, come on, come on. It needs to get here now. And, you know, obviously when it came to me doing when it came to me doing shot put, I think it really did kind of come into play when when you came to Sutton. So, <laughs> you know, I, I have a, I kind of a funny story when you when you show when you show up. So uh, you're a year younger than me. Yeah. So you graduate. So you graduated last year. I graduated in 2019. Uh, a funny story I remember having was I was a sophomore in high school. And I remember I just see you show up to a show up to a practice one day. I didn't know who you were. And I remember just asking, like, I remember I'm I thought I'm obviously knew you had transferred in, but I but I was like, but I was like, I remember coming up to you and I was like, I was like, hey, how come you only transferred in? How come you only transferred in here when you only got one year left of high school? Cause I immediately just had assumed yeah. just because just of you know, just just your physical size and like just like how mature, like how like how mature like you looked. I I figured like this guy has to be a senior. And I was like, wait, you're joking. Like you're a yeah, freshman. Yeah. I was like, I, and then I was like, man, like if this if dude if this guy does shot put and he's and he's only doing this as a freshman. God, it's gonna be scary as a senior. Yeah, right? yeah. I, so that's what always that's what that's what always stuck out in my mind. And I remember when you did. I remember obviously when you did shot, but you talked you talked about only breaking forty feet like your junior year of high school. I mean, I never broke forty feet. The furthest <laughs> I ever got was thirty four, and I'm still proud of that to this day because I <laughs> yeah, think because I, mean, I think because I think I placed like sixth in the DVC. Meet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'll take that. Uh, but you know, you know, one of the things that it was kind of remarkable about you throughout your career was you know 40 feet as a junior and and or just kind of breaking it as a junior and you know for anyone who doesn't know shot put you know like me personally when i was doing it obviously like i didn't take it as seriously as curtis did you know i i improved kind of on an average of about two feet every year two to three feet every year and it was like it was like hey like making like chunks of progress yeah and i remember like you kind of had like a like a similar kind of trajectory but you had but you were maybe more like you know, three, three and a half feet. And like, you were making like solid marks every year. Yeah. And I remember your junior year and you mentioned at the beginning of, at the beginning of, the sh- at the beginning of uh, this episode, you ended up going to, you know, meet some guys, you know, through shot put and you ended up meeting the number one shot put thrower in the country, Aiden Felty. Yeah. <laughs> and man, for anyone who doesn't know who Aiden Felty is, you know, we, we ended up running in this guy and <sighs> I remember just Jeez. hearing about this guy. Beast. <laughs> it, it was, you know, first running into him, it was, it was like a spectacle, uh, like in track, because like no one on the track on the track field, you know, typically, you know, is above the team. It's usually like, hey, like, let's hit, let's get this team victory. Let's get this. Yeah. And like, th- like, obviously, there are some individual things, but, you know, it was it was more always like team centric and, and like 
there is like individual aspects of it, but you know, it's like, if we get the team win, we're all here for it. When Aiden Felty would go into a shot put circle, like you would be at, you'd be at like the place where he was throwing and like the, and the loudspeakers would come on and it would say, and it would say the number one shot put thrower in the country, Aiden Felty is now throwing and is now throwing in the shot put circle. Yeah, it was, it, it was the weirdest thing I'd ever seen, but also like one of the coolest things too, because it was such a spectacle. Yeah. And I mean, like this, this dude goes out here and I didn't even think it was possible to like throw over like 50 something feet. This guy goes out here. He throws 67 feet in the circle. Oh, I know. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell is this guy doing? Yeah. And I think for me, the biggest thing was like everybody at the meet would go to watch. No, like yeah, it, it was insane. It almost seemed like the meet would stop. At yeah. least if you weren't running an event. Yeah. If time, you weren't, if you weren't running, like people jumping. were. Yeah. Like, everybody was over there like you couldn't get into the front row to watch like you yeah. it was hard to be able to see it but like people were over there for his warm-ups yeah it was crazy and then it like, was like watching babe ruth take bad in practice it's it's like it's like hey you have a chance to go watch this guy we're gonna go watch this guy just huck some right. stuff it's like and like even if you were like you couldn't see him in the circle throw you saw the ball fly. yeah and you saw like, it fly it further than high in the air and it was and it went further than you than you ever thought a shot put could yeah, go yeah I, I he threw it at the reggie lewis track and field center in boston and um they have they had like boards to stop the shot to from stop it from rolling by the yeah, way just to stop it from rolling and, and in the wall he threw it over the shot like over that and at that yeah, they, that day they're like, yeah, we got to get rid of these things. Yeah, it, it was like these things are pointless. This guy's just gonna, he's just gonna break them. Yeah, and it. Well, I think it was more so like they were afraid it was gonna hit it, and he wouldn't get like an official mark because that's like, true. It wouldn't be an exact thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, those things were out there at like sixty-five feet. Yeah, and and he was just like, I'm, I can hit that. Yeah, he was <laughs> like, uh, that's cute. I'm throwing over that now. Exactly. <laughs> like, I'm just gonna throw seventy today. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It was absolutely wild, and I mean. I remember, I mean, I also remember just seeing the guy. I mean, I remember he like warmed up like Halo music and stuff like this. It was like, it was, it was actually kind of funny, like, you know, what this guy went into. But you said like you were able to kind of meet with him and a bunch of other guys, uh, too, that were, that were really good at their craft, like Joe Rivers and other guys like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he had, and he kind of brought up to you this, uh, this kind of throwing program that, you know, that you were able to take on slingshot throws. Yeah. Uh, you know, you want to maybe tell the viewers a little bit about them. So slingshot throws was a program up in Maine, in Scarborough, Maine, originally. And um, it was just like a close knit group of throwers. And like, we would accept everybody. Like there was nobody. Yeah. Like, we wouldn't be like, oh, you're not serious about the i no, i like i would have gotten kicked out because i suck now <laughs> no, you would have you, you been accepted with open arms like it those guys are like my brothers now like, yeah he, the coach uh brian woodbury he would hold like private sessions for people and i would usually go up there for private sessions because i really wanted to learn and i needed to learn fast if i wanted to go to division one and um i would end up staying there and throwing for like four hours with mm -hmm. the guys and that he like right after my private sessions they would have like group sessions where mm -hmm. all of the big throwers uh, there was a uh, matt brady from yukon there every now and then aiden would come up from mass as well um uh jacob goff who throws up baits now um, yeah and i mean and one thing i mentioned forgot to mention you about aiden felty when you know you're probably gonna bring it up you know this guy this guy who we saw he's now throwing at duke university so yeah. like like these guys like where did joe go on to throw uh joe rivers actually is playing football at bentley <laughs> okay throwing. um yeah i so, mean i mean honestly good for him i mean 
Uh, Goskowski, uh, the k- old kicker for the Steven Pats. Goskowski. He holds the Florida State record in shot. Really? Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, and um, I think Stefan Gilmore threw sixty feet and a lot. If you look at like that's crazy. Past na- like New Balance national meets, like for indoor and sometimes outdoor, you'll see a lot of the a lot of pro football players in there. Yeah, I mean, even even just throughout all different sports. I mean, I, we talked about it recently recently on the show. Uh, DK Metcalf, receiver for the, for the Seattle Seahawks, was trying to qualify the, for the Olympics in the hundred meter dash, and he's doing it at, at six three two thirty. And yeah, he, and that's he, insane. And he ran a ten three six at that weight, which is incredible. Yeah, that is insane. I mean, Usain Bolt is tall. I don't know his exact height, but, but yeah, he's got to be over six feet. And but he's not. But he's lean. He's very and, yeah, exactly. Like, and yeah, it's just crazy seeing that. And the, I'm happy to see that because it's like drawing attention to the sport now. Like, oh, DK Metcalf is throwing or running, running, yeah. not throwing. Um, There was a thrower in the NFL. A few of them, actually. I can imagine. Um, they're in the Olympics. I forget his name, Um, but he's in the NFL Hall of Fame and he won silver at the olympics that's insane yeah <laughs> yeah so but uh as you were saying like you 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 went you go, went to go meet all these guys at slingshot throws and they helped you out tremendously i mean yeah you know so you know as i was saying like we, like you know i improved maybe by maybe by two feet a year and i was like taking that and you went out to slingshot throws and how many feet did you improve by um for indoor marks if you look on the websites that hold all the official marks and everything i improved by over 10 feet in um, in one year yeah in that's, one year it's insanity uh yeah um well if you if you look at other people like my other buddy josh bradford he throws at umaine right now mm-hmm. and he had a phenomenal season this year and he has one of their top marks now at umaine He's that's in the awesome top 10 all-time list um and he was throwing like 53 55 feet his junior year mm-hmm. and his senior year he ended up breaking 60 that's awesome yeah and he was i remember one meet dartmouth relays in new hampshire at dartmouth college Mm -hmm. um it's a big event like big meet and a lot of people from all over new england go Mm -hmm. and um he at that time josh had only thrown like 55 feet and i say only like yeah like like i threw it like like if you're throwing 55 feet that's that's, like special that's still pretty that's like you can get a scholarship with that money yeah and a good one too uh yeah pretty decent one at Any least scholarship's a good scholarship exactly in my opinion. <laughs> yeah true they're paying for you to go there. yeah so, <laughs> so you'll take it <laughs> um but he had been like struggling to save throws and he's been like really close to finally getting that big mark and i remember like hearing over the loudspeaker on one of his last throws in the finals uh can we have a moment of silence for a our old uh track coach that recently passed away then you just hear silence boom 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 ah <laughs> he threw 60 feet everybody from slingshot screaming let's go josh oh, and boy. uh <laughs> you just hear uh can we have some silence over in the shot put area oh, <laughs> that's such a conflicting thing yeah it's like we're all trying to we're all trying to hold it in we just can't we were all so excited that's, for him because at, at the time um that put him at the number one mark in the country that's insane yeah so it was a crazy spectacle to see yeah so this slingshot throws obviously they were able to help a, a ton of throws yourself included and you know i remember your junior year, you I, I wrote an article about it at the time when you actually set the uh outdoor record what was it at the time like when you had set it probably like 43 or something like that like 
42 feet. Yeah, it was like 42 feet. And I was, I was like, I was like, hey, there we go. Curtis might be able to get up to like 46 the next year. Yeah. And, you know, obviously, obviously COVID kind of like COVID kind of put a kind of a thing on the spring semester. But you go into the but you go back into the next winter uh, in the next winter season season. And, you know, what did you end up like? Like, how far did you end up being able to like, run up your record? Like, I feel like I feel like there were a couple meets where you were just like breaking it. Like, yeah. Um, so the very first meet, obviously, I set the record. And yeah, I had because it was like because it was like probably like 42. Also, it was 40. Like I think it was 43 feet. The yeah. OK. Four, yeah. That indoor record was further than the outdoor record. OK. Yeah. Um, and I threw 49 nine. And I was like, all right, we'll sweet. take it. Season opener, <laughs> massive PR. That's like, exactly because before my, like, before that, the only me I competed in that I PR'd and I threw 47 feet. And I was like, ah, oh, sweet, two feet, two foot PR. I'll take that. Exactly. And um, I ended up going to the Winterfest meet. That was always a fun meet to go to. Mm -hmm. I ended up uh, finishing second. Yeah. And um, that's, that's not crazy. for the reasons that you think. I threw 42 feet at the meet. I completely choked and was like, I'm going to win this thing. I stepped into the circle and I was horrid. I didn't even get to throw past 45 feet. And my coach, my coach drove down from Maine with a couple of people to come watch. And they just look at me in defeat. Like we failed you, you. serious, bro. <laughs> we like, failed you. You just threw 49 feet. This was your meet to break 50. And then like, it was in my head the whole season. And I had like a dual meet. um, where I threw 52 feet where I, and I just fouled it. I fell out of the circle <sighs> and I was like, dude, this sucks, man. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. So as the season progressed, I was like averaging around 47, 48. I had a yeah. few 49 foot throws, um, but it was still like trying to get back into the groove. Cause like I'd gotten in my head and it was getting out of my head. And uh, th like districts came along and DVC's conference meet came along. I threw 49, 11 at the meet. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember uh, uh, Mr. Anderson saying, man, you just keep breaking that record, don't you? I was can like, you ever, oh, this is can, only can you ever just decide? He's like, this is, I was like, this is the second time I broke it. I haven't broken it that many times this <laughs> season. And he's like, you broke it twice this season? I was like, yeah, it's not that much. And then like uh, districts came along. I played second at that because like we had Joe Rivers in our district. So like it's, it wasn't much tough. of a chance for me there. Yeah. <laughs> I love that kid. He's my best friend now. I talk to him all the time. Um, mm -hmm. but there's no way in hell I wanted to beat him, but there's no way in hell. And like up to that point, he wasn't having a fantastic season either. It's yeah. like I don't know if you paid attention the year before, but like as a junior, he was like at district meet, he threw like 50 feet, 52, 53, 54. It was just ramping up. Yeah, it just kept ramping up throughout the season. That's at crazy. the end in championship season, it was crazy mm -hmm. to watch. And um he was throwing like 53 feet. He like uh, pulled his hamstring early in the season and he was just like getting back into it. And I was like, you know, I might have a chance. I have to like blow out. I threw 49. I mean, I mean he, might, he might be down, but I have a chance. I might I, be able to. Yeah. And I threw 49, 11. Uh, and he comes out of nowhere and threw 58 feet. I was like, <laughs> Joe, I love you, but what the hell? What the hell, man? <laughs> I really wanted to win this meet. And it's like, Oh, that's the, so tough to be fair it probably was further the officials at that meet were garbo really like, um i had a throw two throws over 50 feet at the meet and they were called foul and they were, just were not fouls mm -hmm. and i yeah i have a good sense of what's a foul or what's not yeah being in the situation that i like knowing and how long i've been in the sport um but 
then it was like states came along and i threw 49 11 again i was like oh it's getting close it's gonna i'm gonna have a breakout soon it's gonna happen soon and then like uh that 49 11 just barely got me into the all-state meet okay. and as you know it's like top four yeah top five of each state meet mm -hmm. it's crazy and um i was i just slipped into the big boy uh group of throwers the big boy flight which is the second flight and i was the first thrower oh, so, so you're like, set, you're setting the precedent yeah setting the tone for the meet of like all these big guys there's mm -hmm. like in massachusetts like massachusetts is like i think the upcoming state for throwing it's it, it's really impressive i mean they, obviously you're gonna go down to texas you're just gonna have some like yeah. you're just gonna have some horses and some absolute yeah. freaks to major down there but you know massachusetts the the, the little state up here you know, we're able to, we have some really good yeah. throwers up here. It's, I mean, just New England in general, but it's really impressive yeah. what we can do. My, so my graduating class up to that point was one of the better classes for throwers yeah. because there was like six throwers over 50 feet. That's crazy. And um, I was like, oh, I really want to go to New England. I really <laughs> want to go to New England because like that's one more chance I can qualify for nationals. First throw, I threw 50 feet six. And that was like wow. huge for me. I was like, I finally did it. And then <laughs> you broke. I it. could just go, just do whatever I want, not worry. And then yeah. Um, I remember my second throw, I threw 49 feet. And I, usually I would save that throw, but I was like, I don't want it. And I fouled it. I was like, wow. <laughs> That's weird for me. Mm -hmm. Um, then my third throw, I threw 50 feet 10. And I was like, sweet, I'm in the finals. This is fantastic. Uh, let's get let's get her going. Let's keep it going. Yeah. Um, then like my first throw in finals, I threw 51 feet flat. And I was like, yo, this is it's happening. This is crazy. <laughs> um fouled the fifth throw. Mm -hmm. And then the last throw, I threw 51-7. So I PR'd four times in that one meet. That's crazy. And I was on a cloud nine. I can um, only imagine. Coach Gillen. Was that probably uh, like your, was that probably like one of your, your probably like favorite track moment? Oh, almost. Almost. Yeah? almost. Right. I'll have you explain. I'll have you <laughs> yeah. tell that one later. But yeah. Uh, but Coach Gillen, I remember because I my dad was in out of state for one of my sister's softball tournaments. So my yeah. mom, it was my mom and Coach Gillen at the meet with me because and I think Jen left earlier at the meet. Yeah, Jen Casino was, you know, obviously one of one of the high school runners at the time. Yeah, she was a phenomenal runner. And um, he just, I step out of the circle with the biggest grin on my face. And the first thing he does was hug me. And we both start crying. Like, I finally did it. It was like tears of joy. It was like, like I, I don't have a picture on the, I have a picture on the podium, but you can't really see my face too well. But you can. I was like tearing up on the podium. I can imagine. I was so yeah. happy. I felt like a winner that day, even though I I finished fourth at the meet, which is like, I I got all state. So yeah, no, it's I, good. <laughs> uh, I was like, yo, this is awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I was able to go to New England. So it's top six in the state go to New England, and most of the top six, I I knew all of them. Mm -hmm. Um, from slingshot or Joe Rivers, who wasn't a slingshot athlete, but I just know him from being at all these meets. Yeah. And it was awesome because, like, all of my buddies were going to the New England meet. And then, like, I had all my main friends coming down to watch the meet or they were competing in it. Yeah. And there was um, even the Bryant thrower, James Williams, I think, showed up. Yeah. Okay. The, uh, New England meet, too, to watch. Um, 
yeah so a bunch of the college kids came out to support too because like like i said it's like it's like a brotherhood up there like Mm -hmm. We all support each other. We all love each other. Yeah, which is interesting to see because, I mean, I know in a lot of sports, especially one like that, maybe maybe in other sports like golf or like which you had said you had had you had said you had kind of interest in, you know, when you're competing against other individuals and, and it's kind of like that, you know, even on other teams, it can get kind of cutthroat. But when it's in an what usually when it's an individual kind of aspect, it's like it's like, hey, I'm here to bury you. And like, that's, yeah, that's usually how it and is. That, but like, that's what I love about throwing is like, it's not like that. Yeah, it's like everybody's friends with everybody and like mm-hmm. all the top throwers it's like we all want everybody to have a good day because like then it's not going to be fun yeah if nobody has a good day then it's like this kind of sucked exactly it's not fun me um, yeah <laughs> so at the new england meet uh it there was like a hundred people by the throwing circle so like mm-hmm. you you remember seeing like the crowd at aiden yeah um it was like that doubled mm-hmm watching throwing and they had stands and everything Mm -hmm. to watch it and i was in the first flight and my first throw i threw 48 feet it wasn't the best throw but it was like a mark to get out there yeah it it sets the tone feel good and like if there was a day to feel technically perfect it was that day really i felt amazing that day like my warm-ups felt great my first throw it was flat but it was it felt good then my second throw, uh, oh, I I threw fifty one seven three quarters again, and but it felt like I threw further than that. Mm-hmm. And like you can ask Coach Brian, he was like, when I saw that ball leave your hand, I was like, that's going fifty five feet. Mm-hmm. That looked like it was going fifty five feet, and then the wind just like it seemed like wind just knocked it down out of the air. Yeah, and um, like when that ball hit the ground. All the slingshot people, Joe, it, all of them screaming, let's go. It just like hyped me up. And I was like, that's amazing. I want that again. Yeah. Like, that it, was my favorite moment in track and field. Yeah. I I, I mean, I can under, I could completely understand that. And something you actually brought up that that kind of uh, resonates with me was like the idea of being technically sound and feeling good about about what you do. I know when I know when I did, obviously, you know, I, I didn't take it as seriously and, and was kind of more just like because I was a sprinter, I ran like the 50 I ran the 50 meter dash or the 50 yard dash, which in total is going to last about five, six seconds. And then I ran the four by two, which, you know, for my leg of it, it's going to last about maybe 20, 25 seconds. It's not going to be that long of a race. Uh, so I, I, I was always like, I want to have something else I can really, you know, dedicate myself and do. And, and the shop up became that kind of for me. And I know with me personally, like, I mean, I didn't have like, like you, when you're with your form, you kind of had a spin kind of throw, mm-hmm. which, you know, a lot of the more top throwers usually kind of go with me personally, because I wasn't able to like really master that. And you kind of had like special shoes for it. Yeah. I wasn't really able to do that. So I kind of just did like this leg kick thing where, I mean, I don't yeah, want to be giving you a physical description, any, uh... but I'd get down like this and I would just jump back yeah. and I would throw it like that. And you know, it worked for what I was going for. Yeah. And for you shot putters out there was glad that he was throwing. Yeah. So yeah. I was doing just a typical glide. And I remember, I, I remember I was like in a practice one day and this, and one of, one of the athletes on the team, like, just like, they weren't really taking it as seriously. They, and I remember just someone comes up to me and like, as I'm getting ready to throw and, and they, and they just go, Hey, Brian, Hey, Brian. I'm, I was like, I was like, what? And like, I kind of just like, you know, just got messed up out of my form. Yeah. And for like a meet or two after that, it took me like a significant amount of time yeah, to like gain that technical that. form back. It was like so annoying. Cause it's- like. Cause like when you're, when you're in it and everything feels good, like there's nothing to think about, but when some, but like the littlest thing, when it messes you up, 
it, it makes it and, and like you have to like completely like like rethink your mindset and everything like that to get it back yeah and that's part of what i had to go through like yeah because like for, would that be I like decided to make the switch it was yeah i had to change my whole mentality on life and everything <laughs> and it was like I had to make so many sacrifices like, yeah. oh, I want to go hang out with friends, but I can't. Oh, I got to work on my up. form. Uh, I want to stay up late and play video games, but I can't. I got to do shit the next day. I got to work out and everything. We worked out at the, at the same gym for a while, and you saw me there almost every day. Yeah, you were you were grinding. <clears throat> I was I was grinding. I wasn't getting much stronger, but I was grinding. And Yeah, no, because, I mean, you know, obviously you became a D1 athlete, and, you know, I feel like the grind to do that, like, it takes a very serious commitment in order to do that. You know, what were some of the things that you were trying to do, you know, in, in an effort to try to, you know, improve yourself? And like, what were some of the things that you were doing maybe in the gym? Um, was it just like, you know, form? Was it like strength? Like, where were you trying to center a lot of things? Uh, at the start, it was centering on making sure I had good form. Um, at least at the gym we were at, I was yeah. focused a lot on getting stronger mm-hmm. and faster. I needed to like, uh, the bread and butter is what I call it is like the three main things you need to do to get stronger that mm-hmm. are benching squatting deadlifting yeah and um i did a lot of that um hang cleans that mm-hmm. that's a phenomenal lift uh hang cleaning and snatching is just cleans and snatch in general for any type of explosive thing you're doing is amazing so like it's considered one of the top lifts for throwing in my opinion at least i love cleaning and i've recently started snatching and i've been loving that yeah and and i think i think you know the main reason we kind of focused on like strength and a lot of stuff at that gym was because because our gym was like you know they had like some of the exercises that you'd see at like an american ninja warrior course yeah and it was like very centered like that and i think that kind of helps you with with some stuff because like obviously like you do want to be able to like do those standard things but i think like having that having that kind of flexibility and stuff in there especially with someone like you trying to like you know get into your form more that i feel like that helps out a lot yeah so definitely helped a lot i mean as you know at rap they had those uh special bars yeah hand cleaning with Mm -hmm. rotating hands and i use those a lot just so because it forced your arms out yeah and that was just like I would just load that up and that's how I would do it. And then when I switched to my new gym, like they focused heavily on me learning how to squat, learning how to bench, learning everything. Yeah. And like once I started doing like once I got that stuff down, like the weights really started coming and I really started getting stronger. And that's when I finally broke 50 feet. Yeah. I mean, that, 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 I mean, that's I mean, that's obviously showing the training kind of matching up there and really kind of shows the dedication there. Yeah. Uh, You know, trying trying to think. You know, obviously, you know, obviously, you know, in the process of doing this, there was probably a lot of, uh, you know, actually, I'll, I'll, I'll ask you this first before I get to that question. I will ask you this because I, because you were, because I, because you did mention your favorite, uh, you did mention your favorite kind of track moment. Did you ever, I, I know this for me personally, I had some weird track moments, you know, where, where something, where something would happen out there and, you know, it would just, it. It, it would just not make a lot of sense. I know for me personally, I had one where, you know, we were in the shot put circle. I don't think you were throwing at the time. I think it was someone from Nitmuk and they, and they got up on the top of the thing to just try to like warm it up. And they like grabbed it with two hands and just tried to throw it behind them. And because it was so cold, the shot put just exploded on the ground. I remember that. Yeah. But I know for me personally, I had, I had this time back and back. I forget what, I forget how, I think I had to have at least been a junior because uh, Mike Gilroy and a bunch of those guys were still on the team. And they were still doing. So some... you were probably freshman. Well, no. If, if they were running, then they were probably they might have been Mike seniors. Mike Gilroy did not 
to was not on the team my freshman year. Okay, then I I forget how old I must have been, but it was a bunch of just throwers at the time. They kind of were just at, just out there to just do some stuff. Right. And I remember I, I just show up and I'm like running the fifty against these guys, and you know it's a bunch of throwers, and, and I'm just like, oh, perfect. Like I know I'm gonna get like first in this heat. Smoked you. So I feel great about this, and I get down there, and you know obviously in a fifty meter dash or a fifty yard dash, it's it's like runners to your marks. So you get in the blocks set, and then you hear the gun to go. Yeah. And I remember. Like I, I remember I get down, I'm ready to go. And like, like I'm against like a bunch of throwers. So I'm like, all right, kind of cruise to victory on this one. Like I feel great. And like my times, like at the time, you know, I think I, I had ran like a six, four fifty, but I was like starting to like get down there in time. And like, I was, I was really starting to improve my stuff. Like, I think I ended up like my, my PR was like a six flat or something like that. Like, yeah. It was for, for like the 50 yard dash. Yeah. And I remember I get into my, I get into my stance and I hear, I hear the guy go runners to your marks set. And then I hear a whistle blow and I'm like, oh. what? And I look up and, and all the guys just take off and I'm like, what? So then I just, at, so then out of just like, a, just out of a like last second response, I take off. I somehow get second, but I ended up running a seven, two. And I was like, ew, <laughs> but you know, uh, but I was like so startled because I didn't hear the gun go off and I heard yeah. this whistle and they didn't announce it. Like, Hey guys, we're going to be doing a whistle now, but they just blew a whistle. <laughs> And it was like one of the weirdest moments. I don't know if you had any weird moments like that, but, but I, you know, just like, you know, just oddities or just different things like that going on in the track. Was there ever some, was there ever something that happened to you where you go, where you just go, that was weird. It could have been like a coach doing something weird or just something like that too. It could have been, even been at a practice as well. I, probably like when I first moved back my mark. Yeah. Practice. So you know how we like set up in the middle of that gym? Yeah. And then the first time I moved 10 feet back, that was like, it felt weird. Yeah, no, because yeah, I remember when we set up for a shot put in the gym, obviously for people who aren't knowing this, we had like a high school gym and a middle school gym where we, where we would like practice the throwing. And we had, we would set up like a bunch of like padding and stuff <laughs> to make sure like we didn't dent the floorboards because like that's what these heavy shot puts are gonna do, and like like everyone else is like throwing from these normal spots, but just because you're throwing like you know just because you're absolutely bombing these balls, like they had to like they had to say okay Curtis you're gonna just have to throw from the other free throw line to like yeah. because you're just because if not you're just gonna put a dent in the walls. Yeah, my senior <laughs> year, um, Gillen got many complaints because. <laughs> I was throwing from that free throw line, the ten feet back line, and well, you actually throw. You I think you were throwing from like half court. Yeah, I threw ten feet back at my senior year, and I was hitting the wall again. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and um, I re I remember one day I had a throw that was like I really connected on it, everything, and it hit like halfway up on the wall. <laughs> So like you to give you some perspective, it, that you know, would have been like a 43, 44, uh, no, 53, 55. Yeah. I mean, throw. if you're throwing from there, that's a, and you're still, and you're hitting up that high on, uh, obviously on this like gym wall that obviously you guys can't like, you know, that you, you guys would just have to imagine it. That's a damn good throw. And, um, I remember just all the marks being on the wall and, um, the janitors ended up complaining to Gillen because I split the padding oh, on no. the wall. <laughs> so I had to move back another five feet. That's bad. Um, I remember one practice uh, I was doing lightweight training, so I threw the the, eight pound, the, the nine shot. pound shot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, I hit the wall <laughs> from like the back of the gym. Oh my god! We had to put the second basketball hoop up because of me. <laughs> Yeah, you're probably so, gonna break the glass. Yeah, I remember one day I was just doing stand throws and they hadn't like 
like put the hoop up yet. Gillen was still going to get the key, so I was just doing stand throws, and I almost hit the board. Oh Jesus! <laughs> so That's so bad. And um, I remember a few people were like, "Hey guys, oh nothing, nothing but net." Yeah, pretty much. I remember I, we had a bunch of sophomores and freshmen come yeah. on, the, and eighth graders that started throwing with me, and I was just helping them, and they were all like, "Oh my god, I want to hit the wall." And they're like, <laughs> Could you hit the wall from like the half court line with like, a stand throw? I was like, Yeah, probably. <laughs> They're like, Let's see you do it. I don't believe you. And I did it. And like, what the hell? I was like, What were you expecting? Yeah, no, it's like I, I've been training at this. Like, I, I'm going to be able to I've do been, this. A lot, I, a few of them were like, Oh my God, how did you learn to do this? I was like, Yeah, it's just like, it's more so like I, I owe my life up to Brian for that. Mm-hmm. But like, it brian basically handed me the tools and i it was up to me to to figure out what to do with the tools Mm -hmm. so i did a lot of practicing and perfecting the technique because like i knew i didn't have the strength yeah of a lot of those throwers um Mm -hmm. so i i remember there's a thrower at one of the meets he's like so how much do you bench i was like uh my max right now is at 205 <laughs> and the guy's like what how yeah. are you throwing this far benching 205 i'm benching 315 and i still form. can't do it and i'm like it's like you can't it's like you gotta be sh- strong yes but it's like you have to be strong in that area technique then you're probably not gonna throw as far as you could mm-hmm. and like you see that with a lot of big throwers out there today and it's like a lot of them i know a few kids that can just muscle it out there at Mm -hmm. 50 feet yeah and there i know kids that like myself that were able to throw 50 feet with almost no muscle Mm -hmm. and my coach now um he jokes about me being small and i don't disagree because i'm very small for a thrower Mm -hmm. And he constantly makes this analogy to me, like you can't fire a cannon out of canoe, <laughs> and uh, it just sticks with me. I'm like, oh, I'm trying, I'm trying to get stronger. It's just a process. It takes a while to gain that strength, and like once you start getting on like a level where you start gaining strength, it starts getting a lot faster, and you mm-hmm. start putting it on faster. But yeah, it's still firing a cannon out of a canoe yeah. analogy for me right now. Yeah, yeah. That, that that that's actually a pretty funny analogy. There. I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll give I'll give him that one. Yeah. Now, obviously, you mentioned your size and kind of being undersized for a thrower. Uh, you know, is there any other possible uh, you know, maybe you know, uh, obstacles you've had to overcome? Maybe adversity from other coaches and things like that that you know maybe kind of influenced you and really got to you the, to the level to where you're at. Uh, so I've had a lot. Um, I have a I have a great deal of mental health issues, as you know from yeah being my friend, uh, being there for me. Thank you for that. Absolutely. Um, that I've dealt a lot with depression and everything. So I've had to overcome that. And that's obviously very difficult. I mean, I still from time to time will have a depressive episode where I just feel like not doing anything. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's I, I, I have no idea what that's like personally, but yeah. I but I can only imagine, you know, I've had many, you know, disappointing at like outings as an athlete. And I feel like I don't know how that affects. I don't know how that would affect someone, but I feel like that's not going to be mm-hmm. the greatest impact on someone when you know stuff isn't going the greatest. So yeah, and like senior year around 
like Thanksgiving after Thanksgiving time, like my the, a whole thing happened yeah. in my life that really just threw me through a loop and I hit a low and it was just it was not fun and like for anybody that has depression I recommend just finding that outlet finding mm-hmm. something that takes yeah. your mind off of whatever it is and for me that was throwing yeah but like I've had a lot of people and I when I say a lot I mean like I've had teachers friends uh yeah loads of people I've even had some family that are like I don't think you can do this. I don't think you have like really? even my so my dad and I joke about this to this day. Like when I told him that I wanted to stop focusing on golf and focusing more on shot put, he was like, "No, you're <laughs> no, that's not gonna happen. You're not gonna be a Division One athlete for shot put. Shot put." But he didn't doubt me. He just didn't believe I had it in me at that point. Yeah, and and I mean I I, I mean frankly I I will say this. You developed quite the drive after you know later on throughout your high school career which you know if, if you had told me like you know early on that that like hey like if you told me like freshman year curtis was going to be like and, and, and it's gonna be like i'm gonna throw shot but i'm gonna be like come on curtis like like with what drive but i will say yeah, exactly you create the drive you made for yourself like going forward was immense like you you got so much passion for what you did and you really carried it on and like you really kind of like got that fire in you which Mm -hmm. like i can i can still see to this day yeah um one of the one of the most satisfying things i've ever done is when i signed my commitment letter it was Mm. like i just proved so many people wrong yeah and um i even had a few teachers at sutton that were like there's no way you're even gonna go to college like your gpa really no as you know i didn't do homework <laughs> <laughs> like my gpa I, I, to be fair, i'm very to be, open about this to be GPA. fair there were days where i didn't either i was i was very known for uh prioritizing what i had to do on some days I, I i was like i was like well i have a quiz in this class but i have homework in this class how much is this homework worth <laughs> I was like, I think I'm just gonna decide to go with. Uh, oh, I didn't even study. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I skated by to say the least. I had a two point. I had a going into my senior year, I had a two point one GPA. Wow. Uh, yeah. So like when I said I had to change my whole mentality, I meant school too. Like yeah. Um, the Hartford coach was like, um, I need you to get your grades up. Mm. So I got. I ended the year with a three point three wow for senior year that is crazy like, that boosts my gpa by 0.2 points so like i mean but let's go i mean that just i'm I mean, eligible for the ncaa now <laughs> <laughs> honestly i mean do you know about like the whole ben simmons thing I, I i doubt you know like so ben simmons he's obviously now a player in the nba he plays for the philadelphia 76ers yeah. he when he went to college he like he like literally like i think the minimum for like where he was it was like a 1.19 gpa <laughs> and this man literally did the absolute minimum to keep it like obviously you didn't you actually like really like stepped on the gas your senior senior year but this man in college he did the absolute minimum amount of work just to say just be able to stay on the basketball team and as soon as the basketball season ended this man just did not go to class because he knew he was going to get drafted that's funny he he, he literally just goes all right i'm done with school i'm I'm just going to go to the gym every day yeah and i i unfortunately could not do that yeah I mean, no i don't i don't think here's the thing I, not a lot of athletes have that luxury unfortunately fortunately though i did have covid like one thing i'm going to say that i liked covid for was the fact that it basically canceled the entire senior year of classes so i didn't have to do 
anything for months of classes, I'd have to show up, maybe do an assignment. Yeah. Or watch a video. I think Mr. Love was the only one that I really did work for. And he was just like, hey, if you could film a video of yourself and send it to me of like how you're going through this COVID situation. And I was like, hey, I can do that. That's easy. Easy. <laughs> easy. Done. Bang, boom. In the, they didn't count our grades for the last semester. <laughs> no, I, I, I remember how that went. I mean, I, I know for uh, for me personally, like our school, like I feel like part of, part of it got harder. <laughs> like, I feel like I feel like the college stuff got harder. And, and I well, remember, yeah, because and, like, I remember, and I remember asking my brother, I was, I was like, I was like, how's school going? And he just goes, how's it going? It's not even happening. <laughs> exactly. I I, I was like, I what? Met... And he just, he just goes, we're basically on summer break. Like we just yeah, kind of like... we have to do like the least right now. I had, as you know, I had the normal seven classes. Yeah. Only two of them would actually meet. Or three of them, but it was the same teacher for both of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for two of them. And then it would be like we'd meet once a week, maybe twice. Um, other than that, um, I remember one of them, we just turned up playing video games together. Um so I ended up playing Minecraft with one of my high school teachers. I can That's say great. that proudly. That is great. <laughs> I got I convinced them to buy Minecraft and play with me during physics class. Who was, who was this? Was this Mr. Stone? Mr. Billica. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I have to say, if Mr. Stone was, was doing this, that was gonna be hilarious. I wish. I wish I didn't have Mr. Stone for physics, so oh, unfortunately. I'm about to say that would have been hilarious. Yeah. But uh, you know, it seems that it seems that you know, for a good bit of time you handled COVID pretty well. I was I was living life. I was like, I, at the time, I was like, I was burnt out. Yeah. From school shot put because I had just gone three weeks in a row of just heavy competition of just me putting everything into it and just, I, and I would put everything into it, but like there was something else at these meets. Like the energy at these meets were so much different that like, you had put even more energy in yeah and you would just be like you'd go home like these meets in the morning like as you know like the state and district meets they were always in the morning yeah and you'd get there and you'd leave by like two o'clock four o'clock and shot would be done around one mm -hmm. it would throw out like 12 yeah and i'd get home and i'd just sleep i would just i'd get food and then sleep that's crazy hours i didn't want to do anything other than that because i would just be drained yeah and um i was just so burnt out after new england's but i was like still on that energy kick from what happened there and i was like yo i got into nationals i'm going to nationals and then like two days before the meet they canceled it i had like <sighs> it was like going to be the perfect weekend my dad and i were he was coming down with me um and we booked a hotel room because my sister had games uh on long island that weekend as well so we we're gonna <laughs> go to the meet on friday and then she had games saturday and sunday so we we're gonna go to those and it was yeah. gonna be a good weekend we were gonna explore new york and everything oh, yeah. would have been great so, yeah i was i was so hyped i was stoked for the trip and like i was gonna get to wear the new slingshot jerseys <laughs> fresh as hell really they were so clean that's um, sick and uh covid then just said covid covid COVID, like, covid said let's let, let's consider that well it was <laughs> at the point where like at first we were like, ah, COVID's not that big deal. There's yeah, only a few cases. It's gonna, America. it's gonna be, it's gonna, it it's gonna be like up. the swine flu at worst. Yeah, and then, yeah. It, and then, it, and then it just was, and then it was like, no, we're actually. Then just it really started getting bad, and then 
I remember showing up to school on that Thursday. Like that. Like, I was going to leave the very next day right after school to go to New York. Mm-hmm. And I was going to skip all my classes on Friday. I was so hyped about that. <laughs> and uh, they were just like, co- uh, meets canceled. Sorry. And I was like, what? And uh, I just did not want to go to school. I was like, are you effing serious? Yeah. I just don't want. I remember walking into school the next day and the only person that really had heard about it were track kids. Yeah. And Jen specifically. And she came up to me because we would always pass each other in the library in the morning and she would mm-hmm. just go. She just looks at me and goes, why are you even here? I'm so sorry. Like you worked your ass off this season just for that. And you it's... don't get that opportunity. And I know how it feels to have that stripped from you because that yeah. happened to her. And it was like, we, I was crushed. Oh yeah, and I just you just see me walking around throughout the day, my head's down, just, just sullen, so upset. I was like, because like this is the biggest meet of the year. Oh yeah, and like a three day weekend in New York, <laughs> not sounds bad. hella fun. Not bad and at all. Like I was gonna go to Times Square. I was gonna get like I've never been to New York City. Really? So I was like, yo, this is sick. I get to go to the city. I mean, I don't really like cities, but it's New York. It's New York City. It's New York, it yeah. might as well make the best of it. Exactly. Like I'm and uh yeah, it just got canceled. And then a COVID became what it became. <laughs> then next week they're like 14 days to slow the spread and <laughs> Now well, we're here. Now we're here, everyone. In my basement. <laughs> yeah, in Brian's basement. Recording this on a Zoom call. <laughs> that became mainstream real quick. <laughs> yeah, and that uh, was not not fun. No, I can not fun at all. Now I know. Now I know for me personally, I it it just became it just spiraled out of control so quick. And I've talked to many athletes about you know the commitment to you know, the commitment that you know, life has been like during COVID. A lot of the athletes I've spoken to had kind of an athletic kind of experience before COVID. You came into college as a freshman with COVID, just, you know, you know, running rampant and it was insane. Now, like kind of tell me what was, what was, you know, kind of the restrictions and how was it trying to navigate through all that, you know, as an athlete? So, because I mean, because I mean, because I mean, I know before you had mentioned, uh, you had mentioned like it was really tough to get out of that groove when you found out stuff was getting canceled. How did you b- manage to bounce back, first of all? And then once you did, like, what was that commitment like, you know, as you know, during COVID as a D1 athlete? So for me, it started, I signed in April. Yeah. And like originally, I was like two weeks to slow the spread. Honestly, I'll take it. Two week break. I need, I need a break. Mm-hmm. Like, after nationals, I was already gonna take that week off. And yeah. like because like to give you some idea, um, it was a leap year, so yeah. New England's was on February 29th. Yeah. And then nationals was like the following weekend. Mm-hmm. So and then the fall the Monday after New England's uh was the first day of track practice for the outdoor season so it's like let's take a little break i'm taking a week break at minimum yeah no i i respect that uh like um gillen was saying the same thing you take a week break uh brian was coach brian was saying the same thing and i was like yeah i was planning on it my dad was like you should probably take a break you're i because i remember saying like oh my god i hate this right now i just want to be done i want to have because like in in indoor at least in massachusetts 
shot put's the only throwing event. Yeah. Like if you go to Rhode Island, they have the weight throw, mm-hmm. which is very similar to the hammer throw. Yeah. It's just a lot closer to your body and it's a heavier implement. Mm-hmm. And um but only having shot and thrown that every meet every single day with it's no just, change. Yeah, it's it's, it's got to be a killer. It it really is. And um and I know like, for outdoors, well, you had disc, which made it kind of a bit more yeah, interesting and, and had different different having disc too. would allow me to like, oh, I'm not really feeling shot today. I'll throw disc. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember like the week that I was preparing for nationals, I picked up a shot maybe twice. Really? Yeah. Like um, I was tapering, mm-hmm. but like I was also like, I'm going to I need to like train different muscles right now just to like get my head in the right place because so i i was throwing some discs because it was getting warm yeah and i was like this is sweet i'm gonna throw some discs and uh i remember one of the practices gillen and i were outside throwing discs because i him and i were the only ones at practice <laughs> and yeah. um uh he was like he saw my first full throw with a discus and he was like oh it's gonna be a good <laughs> Like first meet the record outdoor record for our shot outdoor record was going to be in the bag easily. Yeah. Disc record was in the bag easily. I was like the disc record at Sutton is 144. Mm-hmm. I was easily throwing 160. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So and, I, that and, was like, and then you couldn't get it because of COVID. Yeah. I, I can't even, <clears throat> you go there. My name's not even going to be on that board for disc. And That's I'm very stupid. upset about that. That's I didn't stupid. even get a chance. Well, you know that you you know you're the furthest disc thrower until someone can you know probably throw further than that. You know. Yeah, and honestly, in Sutton's a running town. Exactly. So I don't know if we're, they're ever gonna get another thrower. I would love to see them get another thrower because, like, I want to see that school's record go up and up. Yeah, but we're a running town. Yeah, we're a running, we're a running town. Running we're town. a running town. We're a soccer town, and they go hand in hand. Yeah, like it's going to. I, I no, yeah. Because, I mean, I think that, like, there was, I feel like it's probably been broken now, but, you know, like, uh, the big things people talk about at Sutton is soccer and basketball gets thrown in there, too, because of all the Clark Tournament champions and championships. And, and you state know, championship uh, 2020. Yeah, we won in, we out, and plus we won the state championship in 2020. Congrats to those guys. So, I mean, they've had immense success throughout their, you know, yeah. throughout their time here. And basketball has really started to kind of catch on. Obviously, it's had a long tenured history throughout here, but it's always been soccer and basketball. But something people didn't realize about like sudden about how impressive they are is their track team because you know not even I mean the boys team itself is impressive but the girls team I remember at one point they hadn't lost a meet you know at least when I was still participating they hadn't lost a meet like a regular season meet since 2001 it was incredible I thought they hadn't even lost a meet since the program started they 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 were undefeated before the DVC uh, like division was even created yeah they lost to oakmont and we don't even play oakmont anymore yeah so up till my senior year they were undefeated in the dvc did it finally go yeah they just they were just barely sneaking by with wins and then then it caught them they got them i think nipmuc got us well i mean it's it's you know frankly it's one of the most improbable kind of winning streaks that you'll ever see and i don't think it's i don't think it'll be talked about nearly as much as it should be because i mean to win that much and like like, like if you if you have an undefeated season, like like that's very well celebrated, and like it it was tough enough for for the boys to get one every year. Like we like like sometimes Nipmuc and some other guys they would try they would challenge us like for certain meets, but the girls absolutely for years on end they would just roll. It was incredible. 
they were just insane. Like, like uh, they were unstoppable. Obviously, like once once you get to playoffs, it's a different story. But regular season, we ran it. It was incredible yeah. to see. And it was like, yeah. And unfortunately, like the amount of runners in the town is just dying out. I think the cross country team my senior year had three people. Really? They were able to convince one person to join the team so they could actually have a team. That is so sad. <laughs> yeah. And obviously you can tell like they didn't win a single meet for the girls. That's so tough. So yeah, like we just did not have that capability my senior year. We just lost people because like as you know, a lot of people go to Blackstone Valley. Yeah, they either go to Blackstone Valley Tech. And the other thing you see too is a lot of athletes, you know, while I saw track is kind of a, an ability to like train for other sports, I feel like other athletes kind of kind of said like, you know, I'm just going to train for that sport on my own. Then. Well, yeah, that and um, we don't really try to convince people. Yeah. Like, there's nobody like, oh, my God, you need to join track. It's like like we don't have that anymore. Yeah. Because like people just see it as a show, social club, at least the younger kids, they show up and it's like a social club, which and, which always like was a fun like, aspect of it. But like but you also wanted to get better and there always was. Yeah. Kind of and too. like that's not really the case now it's yeah. like it's nobody really sees track at something that in my opinion at least not a lot of people see track as like a s- sport you want to get better at. it's just like you it, go it's just to have something to do yeah and, which is unfortunate yeah and like i don't want to knock any of the athletes there down like there, i mean there are still there's still some very good athletes and, there and they're still trying their and damn hardest there's still some Oh, there's still a lot of potential on the team. At least on the girls' team, there was a lot of potential. I remember there was an eighth grader, and I thought she was a freshman. And she was starting further than some of the freshmen, some of the sophomores. And That's I was incredible. Like, and she was running. She was a fast runner. I was like, if you stick to shot put, you're gonna be like really good. You're gonna throw deep. Like mm-hmm. I think she threw almost thirty feet as an eighth grader. That's crazy. And I was like, I want to train you. Wow. I want you to go up to my coach, and I want you to like. You're gonna be good, mm-hmm. but well, yeah. But that kind of, but you know, that kind of concludes what we had to, you know, talk about your personal journey as as an athlete. Now, another big reason I did want to get you on the show today uh, was because, you know, obviously you did commit to. Uh, uh, you can see it on your hat if you can see it on the if you can see it on the program. You committed to the University of Hartford. You're, so you're a hawk down there, and you, you yeah, you're a fr- <laughs> you're a freshman there this year, and you know this is actually something I've seen throughout the news, and you know has actually been very surprising because you know up in New England, man. You know there aren't too many schools that you know make make a ton of noise. I mean UMass, frankly, I'll give them credit. They just won this. They just won the national championship in hockey. So all hats off to them for that. Congrats, Absolutely, you guys. Absolutely, yeah. Congrats, congrats to the Minutemen there. Yeah. But you know, with a lot of other sports, it's unfortunate because you know n- not even in basketball, like there aren't even really that many runs. I know the Bryant basketball team. We we were a game away from making it to the tournament. Well, you guys actually managed to make it in. Yeah, uh, Hartford. We won our conference game. Um, we probably would have won it uh, last year if it weren't for COVID. It <laughs> yeah. got canceled before the game. So they were probably going to go to March Madness last year, and they went this year. Mm-hmm. They they ended up losing first game to Baylor, which ended up winning, as you know. Yeah, so, I mean, you, if you're losing to the champs, all hats off to you. Yeah, I mean, we kept it. Uh, I watched the game, and we kept it up till halftime, and then halftime, Baylor just started – They just took us away and we lost 75 some 72 i think to 55 something I mean, like yeah. that but here's the thing when you have a program like that like baylor there's just so much depth like you can have a like i know at bryant like we had a really solid like starting kind of guys but 
when you look at the depth of a, of a team like Baylor, they can go like 10 deep and they can like really make something work. Yeah. Whereas like, if like your main guys on, on like, on like a program, like ours or yours, they go down. It's like, hey, this might be a long season. Yeah. Which is unfortunate, but you know, we, but you know, uh, unfortunately Mount St. Mary's screwed our season. You guys managed, <laughs> you guys got managed to get into the tournament, but, and you know, with you guys getting the tournament, there's been a lot of, there was actually a lot of publicity surrounding the school. Cause you know, when the little schools make it in or like the littler schools at, at, the, yeah. at the D one, make it in, um, it's always like, let's go. Like when, uh, it was really hype. Like, uh, Oh yeah. Like, Hartford, the town of Hartford, like, like I remember the schools in West Hartford. Like, yeah. Like the big areas for like the college areas that like all the bars and everything. Oh yeah. Uh, they had like red banners up, Hartford banners. You go into the city, city it was basically painted red for Hartford. That's and, awesome. And yeah, and then uh, the Hartford's governor declared a certain I forget which day it was, but uh, Hartford Men's Basketball Day. Really? As a holiday. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So it was like sick, but. You know, obviously, no. So, I mean, here's the thing, like, you know, schools like that, you know, from this, from these types of areas, you like, I mean, I think of a UMBC also when they went on, they beat number one, Virginia and like the UMBC, they were the talk of the town. And, you know, you were getting a little bit of that with Hartford because, you know, they go, they're facing the number one seed and that it takes a lot of, takes a lot of effort. And I remember I'm watching one night and I'm actually watching uh, Scott Van Pelt because I watch a lot of ESPN and Scott Van Pelt, you know, for anyone who doesn't know is a very, you know, very touted, you know, highly, you know, very not very you know popular espn analyst he has a kind of like a midnight show that he does where he kind of like breaks down like you know the national sports like he'll, he'll be like steph curry just dropped 50 tonight and he'll like it'll obviously the main stuff like that but then he also likes to do kind of like little like little like deep dives on like small subjects as well yeah and something that i saw one night and and it kind of struck me because i'm like hey curtis goes there uh i see i see on one night that apparently you, you uh like apparently the president of of the university of hartford came out and he had said that the school, you know, was losing a bunch of money and there was some stuff going on there and they would consider going D3. And I was like, wait a minute, what? And like, I was very confused by all this because I'm like, they just had success in the tournament. And there was a bunch of stuff going on there. Now, I don't need to like, I don't want to like be forcing you into like giving like into like giving your opinion on it. But like just as a student on campus, you know, what what exactly has gotten some of the students up in arms? Like maybe not yourself in particular, but what has kind of been like the, the, this, like this big rallying cause exactly like to, a, a, from a student's perspective, like yeah. what, what would your explanation necessarily so be? So there's been a lot of protests. Um, I think the first one, all the athletes, we came together and did a March around campus and we stopped and chanted uh, outside the president's office. But um, uh, what we see is like the president of the school, like when he signed on three years ago that he was going to be the president. And he said that I'm going to go to all the theater and like anything. Yeah. No, I'm puts on like games. If our sports teams got a game, going to the game, uh, theater production, speeches, podcasts, anything, I'm going to tune in or watch it, mm -hmm. something. And um, there was like a barbecue and like his, first year there and mm -hmm. only a few of the baseball kids only a few of the athletes at the school actually got to meet him yeah and ever since then nobody really knew what he looked like nobody really knew who he was and yeah he's never really shown his face on campus so that really uh really digs into a lot of the athletes and um kind of causes the issue that we're seeing now yeah he said something like the school's losing 13 million dollars to yeah. athletics a year and we we're all like that's BS. How is that? And possible? that's and, 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 and it's like uh, it's like it's like that's terrible. But yeah, uh, somehow 
outsider did like some research into it and found out that we were only losing like six million dollars a year yeah which i mean frankly isn't great but like yeah. but that's like double the numbers like yeah, which is and, um, which does you know well, add up a recent fact that came out is that um because we don't offer too many athletic scholarships it's like yeah, yeah yeah you gotta be one of the best people at the school to get one of those oh yeah and um he, we found out that all merit scholarships that athletes have come mm-hmm. out of athletics really yeah so say you're you come into school in on like a full merit scholarship but mm-hmm. you're not on it you're not an athlete yeah but then you decide hey i want to walk on to like say the track team and they walk on then athletics has to pay for that merit scholarship yeah and that's probably the reason why we're losing 13 million dollars a year because hartford thankfully for me has been very generous when it come comes to merit aid yeah no i mean i mean you know for what it's worth like you know the university of hartford is a great school and you know yeah with, and they like they do a lot of stuff for their athletes i was just seeing a bunch of stuff go down though with the president apparently there was like there's some talk about you know him him basically trying to i guess there was like an email going out and for, this is stuff from from what i've heard this is you know just you know from what i've heard you know across media this isn't really anything like you know in particular but i but i've been hearing stuff across the media of guys going like I've, I've, he essentially said like I there was something about spin doctors rather that's become like that's become like kind of a popular quote now. Yeah. Is there anything is there anything there like you could tell me about that? Leaked email a professor leaked accidentally in a Zoom call. Really? Somebody got a screenshot of and um in the email he said just rally support for our, us dropping to D3 and let me and the spin doctors handle the rest. Yeah. So he basically <laughs> was like spinning the truth on from what I've seen yeah what i feel like personally is that he's like trying to spin the truth well i mean i mean that's not even something that you feel i mean when you're talking about spin doctors like like that isn't that isn't even like an opinion there like that's just right. like that's like what someone's actually doing there and i think that you know like doing that i find it to be nefarious and you know i i know me frankly at my school personally i had a we actually just had a presidential change of our own uh yeah. just last year too i mean the president left during covid and it was like uh, but, you know, the guy at the time, his name was Ron Makeley. He was actually a senator in Rhode Island mm-hmm. and was actually a very beloved guy. And, you know, you know, you'd go around all these sporting events like this guy said he was going to do. And like he was always there, like decked out in like all the brand gear. He'd, right. And he, 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 he would like any get any guy who went up to him like or any student, he, he'd always be like, what's up, you guys like like dapping guys up like he'd be there with his wife, like having a great time. Yeah. He just retired. And we had this new guy come in. His name's Ross Cattell. Uh, don't know a ton about him lately. And it's it has been like i think it, it's hard this year i will give yeah I, I think hard. to give a lot of guys like that credit it definitely is harder to to find guys on campus like that and you know i actually went down to campus recently after they just lifted the mask mandate on campus and i just and like i'm literally just walking through a building he's right there and like it, and i'm like really? i'm like okay like so he's at, so i maybe it had to do with covid that he couldn't be all throughout the campus so i'll give him that and hopefully you know next fall i get to see this guy more maybe he wants to come on the show <laughs> ross Cattell, this is this is i would be happy to talk with you uh but you know but you know it, it definitely is a tough situation and i i it's it's got to be tough so you know i would i had heard about a bunch of things going on down there uh you know uh you know something i had also kind of been made aware of was i guess there was something going on with the softball team down there where you know in kind of protest against this there was yeah. there was something that kind of went on so, with them the so there was one night when so before all this like the first protest with the march and everything like there was like it was just like speculation we didn't know yeah. if it was gonna happen or not mm-hmm. and we had gathered a lot of like Think, things to say like hey let's not us. do this a lot of people like professional athletes things like that coming out saying don't do that and 
Um, so we, we were like, yeah, it's not going to happen. Like the yeah. board is going to say no, and it's probably not a good idea. And then we were supposed to get a decision like the weekend, one weekend. And yeah, exactly. it came out that Thursday. It was like the first day of finals. It was supposed to come out that weekend of the first week of finals. And yeah. then it came out Thursday, the first day of finals. Jesus. So like everybody's already up. We're all working. And everyone's finals. already and everyone's already pretty stressed out. We're all stressed out. And then we just receive an email from the president saying, like basically saying thank you to the senior, like to the student athletes. This is the decision we've reached and we're dropping to D3. And I just remember somebody saying it because i'm in uh multiple group chats i'm yeah in a few student athlete clubs sack and uh the hidden opponent shout out to them um and they basically said everybody come to the front of the school channel six news is here really we there was probably a lot of people were stressed out studying for the final so we didn't get as many people to go but there was still a good crowd there yeah. and a few people uh talk to the news about it and uh then it started grabbing a lot more attention and um there's been petition there's a petition out right now to get the guy to resign a really? lot of people there's an instagram page uh that's called that somebody made called keep heart for division one mm-hmm. and um it there we one of the protests we did after that um there was a flat we for the petition we bought a flag for every single person that signed the petition. Wow. There was, and it was going to be basically to represent how many people think president Woodward should be fired. And, um, there was like 1600 people. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, that's a, that's close to half the school's like population. That is. So it, it was pretty big. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's affecting, Oh no, you're fine. Uh, so, it's affecting everybody. Like, yeah, not just the student athletes, because a lot of people chose to come to Hartford because there's Division One sports. Yeah, no, it's I mean, like, you want to go to a school where you can watch the Division One sports because, like, that's cool. Yeah, you get exactly. To watch, like, no, yeah, some of the better people in the NCAA play, and it's. And I mean, I mean, you would even tell me Hartford's had some, you know, while it's not, well, it's not, well, you're not like fielding guys like Duke, like Hartford has had some pretty solid, like has had some pretty solid athletes come out of there. Like, I think you mentioned Jeff Bagwell. Yeah. Jeff Bagwell, uh, Vin Baker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, yeah. Two so, hall of famers there, baseball and basketball, right? Uh, not too sure about Baker. I'd have to check on that, but yeah, but you know, obviously Jeff Bagwell is a baseball legend. So, you know, you've had, you've had, you know, trem- you've had at least some uh, athletes, you know, been able to really make it and, you know, have an impact yeah, and, out of those schools. Um, we have like two, one to two athletes maybe a year that go pro, and like that's pretty good. Pretty solid opinion. for that's pretty solid yeah. for a lower level Division One program. Yeah, and um, especially like we don't have a lot of funding that a lot of these big schools do, and we don't have a lot of the facilities. Like I'm sure Bryant, they have a track, right? And they have like some indoor facilities, maybe. They don't have an indoor track, but they have like, but they do have an outdoor one. So do they have like indoor facilities though. Uh, yeah, they, they have like some, like they have like some indoor, we have like an indoor turf field that just got put in. We have some yeah. stuff that just came in. Yeah. Like Hartford doesn't have that. We don't have an outdoor track. Um, mm. and the soccer and lax team, they share a field. Mm. Um, and basically we don't have any indoor facilities other than like a volleyball court and a basketball court. Yeah. So like we have our varsity, gym that we 
obviously like all varsity athletes they get to go in there like we have the trainers and everything which is amazing to have um i love the trainers and i love the way yeah. there um but it's probably not a the weight room is definitely not as big as a lot of these programs like i know mm-hmm. if you go to like a school like humane they have custom plates wow whereas <laughs> hartford has the standard meathead metal plates that you see around. I love to see it. Yeah. I, <gasps> I mean, hey, I love the metal plates. It makes me feel like I'm lifting heavier because they're metal. So um I, I can understand that. Yeah, I like the metal plates personally. I like them more than the custom plates, but the custom plates are still pretty clean. They're pretty yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Um and it's like a lot of these programs, like I said, they have like these indoor facilities so they can train and get better and they have bigger facilities that they can train and get better in. And we are doing the best we can yeah, with what we have. Mm-hmm. And it's showing because like our baseball team is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, softball is did well this season. Um, we Seton Hall in the past used to be a really good school and we swept them this season, their first wow. games. So we were very happy about that. I love um, how you just, I love the offhand comment. They used to be a good school, but then they faced yeah, us, used to be. <laughs> but then they faced us and they it, faced it, us and they, they, they've started to die yeah, down yeah. at least in softball. Yeah. And um, I, and I think it was good that you mentioned softball. Cause I mean, there's been tremendous success around, but I know there was a kind of an incident incident kind of in protest of this whole decision that the softball team did go forward with. Yeah, so um, the what they did was like they were the first team to have games um, after this, after the, the decision decision. So wow, they blacked out their uniforms. Really? So they put tape over Hartford and they just played. And um, my wow. sister's on the team or okay. was on the team. She's a senior that just graduated. Shout out mm-hmm. to her. <laughs> uh, huge inspiration to me. Um, and. Uh, I remember, like, she had one home run left to break the career home run record, and she did it in the very <sighs> first game with go. the protests. And then, like, uh, Fox sixty one did a, I think it was Fox sixty one that did like a, a little new story, story on yeah. them, and it was just like nice to see. And then, like, um, a bunch of the teams came out because, like, at the time, like, they just made a new rule, like. If you are in athletics, you're able to go to sporting events. Yeah. Uh, or if you're a student on campus, you can go to student events, I think, like that. But, like, for spectators, you're allowed to have two. So, basically, they allowed everybody in. Oh, Even, geez. like, as many, like, spectators. Um, they had a decent amount. I think the whole the whole baseball team came out during the first and some of the second game. A lot of the lax team came out. Um, there were some track people, including myself, volleyball. Uh, I said blacks, but both. Yeah, men's and women's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, So that was nice to see. Um, But yeah, I I mean, it, I mean, it, you know, I I love to see the passion going on there. I, I do wish you guys the best with that whole situation going on. Yeah, I know there's, I know there's obviously been a lot of uh, confusion with the whole situation right now. Yeah, and I I know, I know it's, I know it's, I know it's probably just a lot to probably like comprehend at this point in time, you know, just like it's it's not going to be a situation that, 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 that's going to be like, Oh, we're going D three. Let's go. Like, no, like obviously, yeah, it's, obviously it's, it, it, it's, it, it's tough. Like it's, it's a big decision and it takes time too. So Hartford's still going to be division one till 2025. Okay. Yeah. Um, 2025 is when they make the official but, drop, but it's like that. I think the timelines, like I haven't really been paying too, too much attention, but yeah. 
um the timeline is like in 2022 it's when we stop like conference games so like we'll still be in the american east conference but we're not really going to be like competing in conference yeah um and then like 2023 they start looking for a conference 2022 they're also they have to like go through a process where they have to ask basically ask the ncaa for permission like hey can we do this so they have to do that still yeah no, so, I mean, it's definitely a process. There's going to be a lot of stuff going on there, and there's definitely a lot of unknowns with it going forward. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, you know, what, what whatever happens in the future, is going to be a lot of stuff going down. If, you know, if there are any major developments, I'll make sure to get you back on to, t- to maybe discuss some of those. Uh, but, you know, it's it's a very it's a very difficult decision. And, I mean, you know, I, I for me personally, I, I like the fact that, you know, the athletes aren't going to be taking this sort of a thing quietly. This is their school, too. They pay to go there. And yeah, I think I think it is important that I think it is important that they that they say like, hey, like, like, like we matter in this situation. We we deserve better here. And, you know, no, no matter how you feel about it, I, 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 my heart goes out to those athletes. I feel I feel for them and I wish them the best. And yeah. I, I, I think I think no matter whatever happens with you guys, I think you guys are going to I think you guys are going to figure it out. Everything does, you know, unfortunately, you know, good or bad, everything can happen for a reason. Yeah. And I. And I think, you know, whatever, whatever decision, you know, whatever happens after this, I think that'll be for the best. Yeah. So hopefully it'll turn out in the, for the best for all the athletes. Yeah. But other than that, there's really not much else we can do. We're doing our best. with Everything. Yeah. And it's just been amazing to see the movement, how everybody's come together. Like all the sports teams have come together because like um, the announcement, the doc, uh, the documents and stuff they got leaked like right after the basketball team got yes yeah, so from so they, Madness, they didn't so even didn't really get a time to celebrate, to celebrate yeah anything. so it was like yeah. oh it was like immediate was, yeah it was immediate just confusion everybody's just like uncertain people were thinking about do i need to transfer now do i need to not yeah no i mean there's there's gonna be a ton of stuff up in the air yeah and obviously and honestly like and it's gonna take a lot of time before that all settles so but you know uh, you know, you know, is there any is there any place that you, you'd recommend people go to about this cause? Like, I, obviously, you mentioned obviously you mentioned Instagram page before. Is um, there anything that you should anything any pages like that you should go to? Yeah, so definitely go follow um, the Keep Hartford the Keep Hartford Division One uh, Instagram page uh, for more news about like what's going on on campus for U Hart. Uh, follow for athletics at least. Uh, follow. Uh, you heart sack and you heart the hidden uh U heart tho for the hidden opponent mm-hmm. the hidden opponent is a fantastic group i'm very happy to be part of part of it because it's uh for mental health and breaking the stigma for mental health amongst athletes and it's been amazing yeah i mean i mean that's great to hear and i i think that the, i think the fact that they have those kind of programs is awesome is awesome to see uh but you know I, I mean, I wish I obviously wish you guys the best. Uh, I'll say, if, if, is there anything like maybe you want to plug your your personal social media real quick, anything like that? Um, uh, go follow my Instagram, Kurt underscore Roach, and I guess that's all. That's the only social media I really use. So, all right, and I and with that being said, I think it's officially time to say that we are now down to the wire, which means that we're going to go through everything re- we talked about in this episode, kind of in a rapid fire pace, and then we'll let you guys get off and enjoy your weekend. This obviously will be released onto you know YouTube on a Friday, so you guys will be seeing this around then. 
Uh, but obviously, we started things off by introducing Curtis in the show. Curtis, thank you again so much for coming, man. I really thank you for having me, man. I really been fantastic. No, this has I, been exciting. I really appreciate it. It was this was a very enjoyable episode to have. Uh, you know, obviously, we talked about we talked about his journey as a, as an athlete, everything, all the obstacles and things he's had to undergo so far as well as, you know, as well as his training journey and so many things over in there. And then we also talked about the University of Hartford and their decision to go D3 and what and how athletes there have reacted to that situation. Uh, you know, uh, if you guys haven't followed us on social media yet at this point, what are you guys doing? Uh, you know, <laughs> we are now on Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts, iTunes gang. I'm sorry for you guys. Uh, but the main hub to follow us is our Instagram page. You can follow that at down dot to the wire again at down dot to the wire for any updates regarding the podcast. I, I'm still going to be trying to do a bunch of summer sessions to, you know, get to, you know, really get out there and, you know, be doing a lot of things like this. I'm going to be doing, you know, obviously my updates regarding, regarding, you know, major headlines in the news, but I can't, but I also hope to be interviewing more athletes like Curtis going forward in the future. Uh, but, you know, go, but uh, you know, going forward, I, you know, can't wait to see what the summer holds. Uh, but from down to the wire, I'm Brian Costa. I'm Curtis Rochelo. And we hope you guys have a great weekend. Take care.